feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. with crime that is skyrocketing across the country. And there are so many cases, literally in city after city, where the numbers are staggering. We're going to get to Chicago in a moment because Chicago, which has already had, I think it's like 800 so far carjackings this year alone, now they're thinking and they're planning to go forward with no cash bail. I mean, does that make any sense? In other words, let's not punish anybody, even if it's a serious crime. Let's just give them a slap on the wrist and say, hey, come on back for a court appearance. Like, that is really going to work. This, to me, is just the definition of insanity. And so tonight, I want to hear your thoughts about the idea that Illinois, again, the home of Chicago, in the middle of all of this, is thinking and going forward with a plan for no cash bail, and people are just outright, out just like outraged over the top. They just can't believe it. They are just so stunned. And so many of the good citizens there are just shocked. They cannot believe it. And crime is so prevalent that Karen Bass, who is running for mayor in Los Angeles, this is a Democrat. She's the front runner there, actually. She did a debate not too long ago. And everybody knew this wasn't true. Everybody knew that this was a lie. Everybody knew that she wasn't being candid. When they asked her this question in a debate, they said, do you feel safe in Los Angeles? Take a listen. Congresswoman, do you feel safe walking in Los Angeles? I do feel safe. I would say a 10. I feel safe. But I do understand that a lot of people around the city do not feel safe. And I respect that. Oh, and the irony is... She ended up having two guns. She really felt safe. She was telling everybody she felt safe, yet she had two guns in her own home while she is fighting for gun control publicly. What a hypocrite. And so guess what happened? Sadly, there was a break-in of her home, and they stole the two handguns in her house, so she had to report it. So it turns out that this person who's been pushing for gun control throughout the country and been a pretty large voice about it, telling everybody, oh, L.A. is safe. Well, guess what? It's not. Everybody else knows it, and so does she. She just doesn't want to say it for whatever reason. And that has Leo Terrell on Fox News saying, boy, is she a hypocrite. This doesn't pass the smell test. It's ludicrous. You take two guns. Why? You leave the jewelry. Why? You leave the cash. Why? And it's been close-lipped. The only information we're getting is from the Bass campaign. This doesn't make sense at all. It's inconsistent with what the motivation of any criminal would do when he breaks into a house to rob what? Cash so he could pawn it or, or some type of jewelry. It doesn't make sense at all. It does not make sense at all. And it is odd because they didn't take other stuff. They just took the two guns. But what was she doing with guns when she's telling everybody else that they can't have guns? Does that just like further enforce that these people do not walk the walk? And it just reminds me of Cori Bush. Remember Cori Bush of Missouri, the congresswoman who was asked, well, why are you like so much about defunding the police? And yet when they said, you know what, you've spent like four or five hundred thousand dollars on personal security. 
Um, you know, isn't that a contradiction? Oh, no, no, no. I deserve it. But the average citizen basically does not. To me, this is so outrageous. And the fact that Karen Bass was exposed to me is just rich with hypocrisy. Here's a little bit more from Judge Janine talking about that. She's got two guns that are registered for which she has no permits. Okay. Only two guns are stolen, but they are, quote, safely and securely in a Brinks lockbox. How did the guy who allegedly is this Hispanic that they're referring to, I mean, they didn't tell us how they got a description since no one was at home. Maybe they had one of those ring things that they have a picture of. I don't know. But how does a criminal not take cash? There's no identification number, no fingerprints, not take jewelry, not take anything other than a box that you hope two guns are in. You hope there isn't a glass cover on a Brinks locks box. Now, she has some issues, okay, as it relates to the gun. She only has it registered. She doesn't have a permit. She's had it for 40 years Mm. and never bothered to get a permit. I don't know what's going on, but I'll tell you what. All my all my antennas are up here. There's something totally off. No criminal goes in and doesn't take cash. Yeah, it is interesting. But her basically hypocrisy has now been blown. In just about a minute, we're going to be joined by Angel Masonette, a really great law enforcement expert, former NYPD detective, to get his take on what's happening with this explosion of crime across the country. And in the middle of all this, it is absolutely shocking to me that the state of Illinois has a new state law that's going into effect very soon basically eliminating cash bail, saying that cash bail just isn't fair to people and that we have to be kinder and gentler with people who are accused of even more serious crimes. And this has people, including Jason Helland, who is Grundy County, Illinois attorney. He says this is going to be a disaster. Take a listen. No cash bond applies to every jurisdiction, all 102 counties in the state of Illinois, I'm really concerned about seeing criminal activity that we've never seen in this area. Wow. And why are they doing it? Why are they selling out? And what about the good people of Illinois? Haven't they had enough with crime skyrocketing there? I mean, if you look at some of the numbers, as I brought up, 800 carjackings. And by the way, carjacking is one of the crimes that they would do no cash bail for. I mean, this really is the definition of insanity. What's your message and what are your thoughts about these liberal politicians who just do not have a clue? And the sad reality is when it went through the state legislature, which was not that long ago, there wasn't a lot of opposition to them pushing for this no cash bail. And now people are starting to realize, uh, 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 oh, my gosh. Uh, this is not a good thing. Maybe this isn't a good thing. And now they're starting to voice concern and it looks like it may be too late. So what are your thoughts about the fact that they are actually trying to make it even easier for criminals, including some serious offenders, to be able to walk out without even any repercussions? I mean, how is that going to help crime in Chicago and elsewhere? It's not. And our next guest knows that all too well. Joining us now is retired NYPD detective Angel Masonette. Uh, Angel, really great to have you here on the show. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. 
You know, Angel, this is amazing to me that Chicago in this climate where, as you know all too well, the crime is skyrocketing, that they are now planning to drop cash bail, in other words. What does that mean? Explain exactly what that means to our listeners across the country. Well, what it means is uh, they're effectively stripping the judges of uh, their roles and responsibility to uh, the public, right? Um, they're they're going to eliminate this cash bail under the guise of social justice, right? It's insulting to me as a Hispanic uh, uh, Puerto Rican descent that they say that this is in order to make uh, the systemically uh, injustice or, or the systemically racist justice system uh, bring some sort of justice to black and Hispanic uh, individuals. It's ridiculous. It's insulting. It means that they think that we're predisposed to being criminals because we're black and Hispanic. It doesn't make sense. It's going to place black and Hispanic criminals back on the streets to terrorize black and Hispanic law-abiding citizens because that's who's committing the crimes in the majority of these uh, blue cities across the country. Well, and that's the point, too, that I think everybody wants to be safe, just as you talked about. What, what does that do to the criminal, too? How much does that embolden them if they know that they don't even have to pay anything, that they're basically told, hey, come back for a court appearance, and how many of them actually show up? Oh, no, forget about it. I mean, you're talking about aggravated battery, aggravated DUI, fleeing, arson, burglary, drug-induced homicide, in- intimidation, kidnapping, second-degree murder, threatening a public official, robbery. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And all it does is embolden them with all this to defund the police stuff. Listen, in Chicago alone, which, by the way, has some of the most strictest gun laws in the country, right? In Chicago alone, the police officers are outnumbered by gang members 10 to 1. All it's going to do is put these people back on the streets. And the innocent people who are trapped in the city, who have no way to get out because of poverty or other things that are keeping them there, are going to be terrorized by these people under the guise of social justice by these limousine liberals who go back to their houses on the hill and they don't care because they don't live there. You know, I brought up um, Karen Bass, who is running for mayor there, um, Angel, in Los Angeles. And it, it right. is such a hypocritical. Here she is found with two guns in her home and she's out there touting gun control and she's in a debate recently where they said gosh crime is a big issue and she's like no 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 on a scale of one to ten of how how safe i feel i call it a 10 she and everybody was like oh boy what what kind of plan is she on well it turns out it's like rules for you know rules for me but not for thee right yeah it's ridiculous i mean listen people have to understand they have to go out and they have to vote for pro law enforcement uh, candidates and people who want law and order. I mean, this is being dubbed the purge law, right? Because that's exactly what it's going to bring. These uh, non-carceral district attorneys, these rogue judges, these people who are running for, for, for mayors and governors across this country who tout themselves as progressives, all they're doing is emboldening criminals and putting law-abiding citizens at risk and it's disgusting. So people have to go out and they have to go vote. They have to go vote because this is not going to change unless we uh, change who we vote for. How much uh, is it important to, I always kind of like equated almost, Angel, to like a young child. Like a young child, you know, if they put their hand on the stove and they get burned, maybe they think about not putting their hand on the stove again. But if they don't get burned and they just kind of get a free pass, um, they feel emboldened to just kind of keep doing it over and over again. You, you've been out there. You were, you know, in the NYPD for a long time. Um, how emboldened do criminals feel? And also they get the word out 
that, okay, it's no cash bail. In other words, hey, if you want to do a crime, let's go to uh, Chicago. Let's go to anywhere else in Illinois. Yes, absolutely. Um, they, they understand it, right? The criminals watch the news, too, right? They watch the news. They read the papers. They, they're on social media. They understand that there's no consequence. They understand that these people are taking the side of the criminals rather than taking the side of law-abiding citizens. So they absolutely feel emboldened. I mean, there was just a rapper uh, today, some rapper from Philly. I forget his name. He was killed in a popular uh, eatery in L.A., Yep, uh, um, the was, rapper uh, PNB. He was shot actually right. during a robbery there. Yes, yes. His his girlfriend was putting over on social media where they were going to eat, and lo and behold, they show up. And who kills him? People who look like him. You know, people who, who uh, you know, it's, it's amazing that they want to, you know, you have the president and people in his party who are saying that white supremacy is the largest threat uh, to America. And these things are happening every day in every inner city in this country. And it's not white folks that are doing it. I'm sorry, but it's people that look like the people who are ki- who are who are killing them. You know, it, it's it's who are being killed. Rather, it's just disgusting, and it's and it's sickening to me that they continue to push this narrative that we need us being minorities need to be saved by other people. We need to save ourselves. And everybody, we're talking to Angel Masonette, a, a great former NYPD detective. You know, Angel, I'm also looking at this comes recently with a couple cases that have just like really just made me so upset, Um, especially in Memphis. When you look at some of the cases that have happened in Memphis of late, you know, there's a shooting um, where the guy was just randomly shooting different people and live streaming. He had a rap sheet a mile long. And then this guy who abducted um, Eliza Fletcher, the teacher down there, we're now found finding out between 1995 and 2000, this guy was arrested 16 times, uh, charged with aggravated assault, rape, burglary. At age 14, he raped an unnamed suspect. At age 16, he abducted a lawyer at gunpoint. Then he served 20 to 24 years, um, you know, of kidnapping. I mean, if this, if somebody like this, I mean, this is like a poster boy for why you need. Uh, to throw the book at these repeat offenders. I mean, this, this, it is the definition. I say it's insanity because how could you even allow somebody like this? At some point, you say this person is a menace to society. They need to be locked up. That's it. Some people cannot be rehabilitated. I mean, bottom line, you have somebody like that who goes to show. Uh, the minute he had any sort of independence or any sort of freedom when he was a teenager, he took advantage of people and he victimized people. People like that cannot be rehabilitated. They need to be put in prison. Uh, under this uh, purge uh, law, so to speak, in Illinois, uh, they say that they, instead of locking up low-level drug offenders, they want to send them to rehab. They want to do this. They want to do that. There's Listen, they're putting together things that don't belong together. If you have violent offenders on the street, and they're going to continue to be violent offenders. I mean, a, a tiger doesn't, a leopard doesn't change its spots, right? It's just not going to happen. People like this are menaces to society, as you stated earlier, and they deserve to be under the jail. Why are some folks in, on the left, and it looks like, you know, obviously, clearly some in the legislature there in Illinois, why are they bending over backwards to make it more, you know, more accessible or easier for the criminal and tougher for the victims. Why is this happening? I mean, is it all politics? I believe it's all politics, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's just they, they, they love to deflect uh, their misgivings. These politicians love to deflect their misgivings onto the people, uh, onto their constituents, under the guise of doing something nice or doing something that's going to help them. And it's not. 
It really isn't. They think that we're stupid. They love to keep people dependent on the government for safety and for other things because it keeps money in their pockets. And like I said before, they're limousine liberals. They get in their limos with their protection, with their security details, and they go to their houses on the hill because they don't have to suffer and they don't have to lay down, uh, uh, lay in a bed uh, with gunshots uh, ringing out every night around them and having their children sleep in bathtubs. When I was a police officer in the Bronx, People used to tell me that they used to have their children sleep in bathtubs. When I became a cop in 1992, it was the height of the crack wars. There were shootings every day, and people literally had their children sleeping in bathtubs for the fear of getting shot. This is what we've regressed to under progressive policies. Well, that's why I tell everybody, just as you said, too, at the beginning here, Angel, that law and order must be on the ballot, and you have to vote for folks who are, you know, looking out for the average citizens so they feel safe because nothing else matters if you don't feel safe you know in your home and your business uh nothing else matters and with this economy too it's just it's a really dangerous formula um angel thank you so much it's really great to have you here on the show i've admired your work for a while and it's wonderful to have you here on the show you got to come back on again soon my pleasure anytime thanks for having me thank you very much angel masonette former nypd detective and when we come back we're going to take your calls What do you think is behind this ultra-liberal policy to make it easier? And as you just heard, even from Angel, that they're talking about second-degree murder. They're talking about drug offenders. They're talking about giving them no cash bail. That is stunning. And the honor system, come on back. Be sure to come back for your court appearance as if that is ever going to happen. 1-800-848-848. 9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we have been talking about the fact that the state of Illinois is eliminating cash bail. And many people are saying this is a major issue because it will just make it so much more easier for criminals to feel emboldened to commit crimes. But if you listen to the ACLU of Illinois, they've got a bleeding heart for criminals. Take a listen. It's just inequitable that some people get to be free uh, because they have money and other people have to remain incarcerated, which has all kinds of Uh, terrible consequences for people's ability to work, for their housing, their whole families suffer. So why don't you make the penalties stiffer so that way nobody gets out, especially if it's serious crimes? I mean, as opposed to loosening it, does that make any sense to any of you? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Peter, line six. Pete, your thoughts about all this? Hi, Rita. How are you? Yeah, well, look, I was in the city the other day for the union parade, 
And uh, I must add, three or four people approached me for money, and I told them, I don't have it. I'm sorry, you know. But I was lucky, but I was a little bit, you know, apprehensive. And uh, actually, they wouldn't let me in for the uh, union parade because it already started. So the police officer, who was very nice, told me, and when your float comes to life, you know, if somebody yells and knows you, you could go. So here I am trying to, on 5th Avenue, going down the wrong way, uh, going past St. Patrick's Cathedral, trying to jump onto the float. But I'm 67 years old. I don't have it anymore. So I missed. And I ended up landing on one of the um, cars in the, uh, in the procession. And so, I what hung on the, so what happened, Pete? Real quick, because we just have a few seconds yeah, here. I, yeah, I, I hung on the antenna on one of the vintage cars that was behind, because we were right before. Pete, what does uh, that have Adam, to do with crime? Just how bad well, crime is? With crime, when I got off to walk, I walked up uh, uh, by Radio City Musical. Forget about it. It is. Forget about it. That sums it up. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back to Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the show where we get to honor our great law enforcement and their families. A powerful story coming from Sheridan, Wyoming, where two Sheridan police officers recently earned recognition for their life-saving efforts while on duty this past summer. On the evening of June 30th, Sheridan Police Department Corporal Curtis Jorgensen and Officer Brad Wood arrived at a home in response to a request for a welfare check. Well, the officers attempted to contact individuals in the home but did not receive an answer at the door. While refusing to leave the scene without a proper conclusion, the officers looked through a window in the residence and they saw what appeared to be blood on the furniture inside the house and they saw a male partially slumped on the floor and in clear need of assistance. They entered the home and they saw that a man had had a large laceration on his face and was not breathing. So the two officers performed CPR. They also did great assistance. They also did uh, basically help them move the man and then assisted also the medical staff when the medical uh, team arrived and basically helped to get him to the hospital. The man amazingly survived. And many people said that if it was not for the officers, their quick thinking and their textbook CPR, which they performed almost immediately resuscitating the victim, they believe that he would not have survived. Um, An administrative review of the recommendation concluded that both officers, Jorgensen and Wood, should receive the life-saving medal for their actions. And the plaque says, in recognition of your courageous and quick actions on that day, during an emergency situation, you came to the aid of a fellow human being with dedication and diligence. And how beautiful to see these two officers being honored. And it just is such a powerful reminder that every single day our officers encounter difficult and often life-saving situations. And thank goodness we have so many great men and women in this country, despite all the craziness that's going on right now and how tough their job is, that there's still so many of them who want to join the force. Thank goodness there are heroes among us. Well, tonight we are talking about the fact that Illinois will soon have no cash bail. 
And that includes for some very serious crimes. I consider second-degree murder a serious crime. I consider carjacking a serious crime. I consider also drug crimes serious. Uh, Kidnapping sure sounds serious to me. Assault, aggravated DUI, robbery. I mean, this is unbelievable. It's basically uh, the first day in the country to have a comprehensive no-cash bail and to the point where it's even very serious crimes. And they feel that it's the right thing to do given the situation. And here's an interesting study because in a California town, they looked at no-cash bail. It's something that's happening all over the country. Look at New York. You look at a lot of these places where these soft-on-crime DAs are taking place. And in a California town in particular, 70% of those who were arrested who had no cash bail, 70% reoffended again. So if that doesn't show that it doesn't work, I mean, why would you put criminals back out on the streets earlier and easier than you're already doing? They're already getting a free pass. And now you're going to really make it truly a free pass with no cash bail? This is insane. Take a listen. This is Orland Park, Illinois Mayor Keith Paku, because he is just shocked and outraged that this is about to take place in his state. As of January 1st, 2023, the following things will go into effect, and people need to be aware of this. It abolishes cash bail for almost every offense. This includes, but isn't limited to, kidnapping, armed robbery, second-degree murder, drug-induced homicide, aggravated DUI, threatening a public official, and aggravated fleeing and eluding. Offenders released on electronic monitoring have to be in violation for 48 hours before law enforcement can act. They could almost drive to Alaska before we can even look for them. It denies victims their constitutional rights. And keep this in mind, businesses and homeowners, officers will no longer be able to remove trespassers from your resident residents or your businesses. Someone could decide to live in your shed and all we can do is give them a ticket. You have to decide what level of force is required to remove them and whether or not it's legal. This is a massive threat to the residents of Orland Park, Cook County, and Illinois. That is outrageous and thank goodness this mayor is speaking out and a lot of other people are too. But take a listen. This is Illinois State Rep Cam Buckner, who clearly thought that no cash bail is a good idea because it sailed through the basically Democrat-led, as you can imagine, legislature there. Take a listen to what he has to say. They want us to go backwards. Anything that looks remotely like justice, anything that looks remotely like fairness, anything that looks remotely like equity is a threat to them. They want you talking about January 1st instead of five days later on January 6th, which is the anniversary of the insurrection that they funded. They want you scared of big bad men who look like me walking around with get-out-of-jail-free cars instead of talking about their attempts to outlaw abortion in Illinois. They want you arguing with your friends and your family and your co-workers while they find ways to bust unions and to stop common-sense gun legislation in this state. That is disgusting. In other words, you're a racist if you don't agree with no cash bail. It's like that word is just thrown over and over again. If if people, they don't like the way I look, and that's why, no, they just don't like criminals on the streets. 
I mean, this to me is so insane. And right now it looks like it's going to go forward. And in a city like Chicago already where crime is skyrocketing. And and I, I just heard, as you heard just a few seconds ago before that, the Illinois mayor, Keith Paco, listing the crimes. One of them was second degree murder, drug induced homicide, no cash bail, no time, no cash bail. Come back and then we'll have a hearing in, you know, in a few months or a few years. And we're going to just trust you on the honor system that you'll be back. I mean, this to me is just it's shocking. I I mean, I've heard of like soft on crime policies. This one really takes the cake. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ. Line one. BJ, your thoughts about all this? Excellent show. You know, this shouldn't shock anybody. Uh, They call Chicago Chirac for a reason. Uh, This is a vote giveaway. That's all it is. A couple months before the election, they want to give away the votes and make certain they secure a certain voting block. What, get the criminal vote? Uh, What, are they trying to get the, the criminal vote? I mean, come on. Those people have families. Those people have uh, 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 progressive uh, leadership and come from progressive communities. They want to make certain that uh, these people are out and voting. Uh, Democrats don't care if they have criminal records. They they let their pets vote, parakeets vote, tombstones vote. So uh, why not criminals vote? You know, um, you got two choices here. Long, uh, uh, the end game. You can either vote with your feet or you can vote red in November. Uh, if you vote red in November, you'll get a, a better idea as whether or not you're going to have to vote with your feet after no after election day. That's the only choices we have because there's no talking to these people. There's no middle ground with these politicians who think this is a good idea. They're doing this for their own self interest. Yeah, well, that's the that's the issue. Who in their right mind would ever say, oh, this is a great idea, especially at a time where crime is skyrocketing? I mean, I think that, you know, you want to make sure everybody is treated fairly, but you don't want to do anything that gives the criminal an advantage. And especially at a time right now where crime is so, you know, pervasive across the country. And, and you know, you heard the story that I was saying at the top of the show, B.J., Um, where we were talking about Karen Bass, who was a former member of Congress. You know, she's running now um, for L.A. mayor, right? And so she's the leading candidate there. She's in a debate saying, oh, yeah, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10, I feel so safe in L.A. And then it turns out that she has guns herself in her own home and doesn't want to tell anybody that she's got them. And then they get stolen and she has to report it. I mean, it's it's just the irony is just so disgusting. And I brought up Cori Bush because same thing. She's telling everybody defund the police, but not for me because I deserve security because I have to share, you know, the message and have the courage to tell the real story. But everybody else should not have police. You know, I mean, the the hypocrisy is just so shameful, BJ, and it's so uh, blatant at a time right now where people are so seriously worried. I mean, it's funny. I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of the people over the weekend that I was talking to. I was asking, you know, hey, what is the biggest issue for you come November? Every single one of them said crime. Crime or inflation or a combination of the two. You know, it was either one or two. Um, you know, guess what? Windmills was like, you know, not even on the list, BJ. Go ahead. No, 
No, you can't make money unless it's safe. So uh, crime is the bottom uh, common denominator. You know, it's easy to, to – I mean, it's like they, they gaslight you. They tell you to your face, are you going to believe me, you lying eyes? You know, it's perfectly safe. Uh, L.A. is a war zone. I mean, it, it, there's a homeless all over the place. They, they're probably going to have bubonic plague if they don't clean up the human waste on the streets. Uh, I, I, it's very easy to feel safe when you have uh, armed security or when you have access to firearms. Uh, so, you know, I would imagine she feels very safe walking down the street. But if you're a, a working schlub who can barely make ends meet because now you're going to have to pay a uh, – uh, uh, all sorts of uh, taxes to get in and out of the city, uh, you know, you're going to be at a disadvantage. No one, I mean, th- th- we we have our own story in New York. You look at this mayor. Every time a violent crime happens and makes the headlines, he comes out, he runs around in his $3,000 suit, he, he pops off at the mouth, nothing gets done. He's got a police chief, he's got a police force behind him, nothing gets done. He just sounds off real big. So at least she's telling you who she is. When people tell you who they are, listen the first time. You know, this lady out in in uh, in California, the same with this uh, chubby guy Pritzker and this, um, you know, when they tell you who they are and what they're going to do, believe them. They mean it. Well, and see the repercussions of their action now, because we're seeing the repercussions of these soft on crime DAs and other politicians and now people, I think, are having a big wake-up call, and they've got to do something. You can't just go to the polls and just say, okay, I'm just going to vote for this person and not understand what their policies mean and what they impact in terms of your regular day-to-day and how safe you actually feel on the streets. Uh, let's go to Susan, line five. Susan, your thoughts? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Rita, um, I lived in uh, New York City's uh, uh for almost 40 years, but I was born and raised in Chicago. Oh, okay. So you know Chicago suburb. well. All right. Well, it's in my DNA. I was born across the street from Cubs Ballpark. So needless to say, you know, they're still in my heart, but I root for New York whenever I like uh, that, you know, either one of those teams whenever they're competing. Um, however, I am shocked because the thing about Chicago that's so different from New York City, New York City is much more integrated. Um, and this is going to make the crime uh, spread to the entire loop, the uh, near north side. I mean, Chicago is a beautiful city right on Lake Michigan, yep. which you feel like it's the ocean. So uh, this is very sad because this is going to put the nail in the coffin for Illinois. And I also lived outside of Detroit for my um, high school years, and that city never came back. And I fear that Chicago, and God, I pray every day that it doesn't happen in New York City, these cities, Detroit, for 50 years, has just been a disaster. No, you're right. Hey, but quick question. Do you think it's going to help with votes? Because that seems to be the reason that they're doing it. They seem to be appealing and thinking that it's going to sway votes or something because they're doing it right before election time. Do you think that that is going to be a draw for some people in Chicago to say, oh, they seem like nice people? I would think. I don't understand the apathy there. There's so many gorgeous, 
um, areas that they would not see. Uh, and maybe they're just all abandoned. Maybe they have houses everywhere else and they can just leave. I don't understand this. I don't either. Uh, I don't. I don't either, Susan. I don't either. Thank you for your perspective too. Having been uh, born there in Chicago too, really great stuff. Thank you. Let's go to Anne, line four. Anne, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I know that this sounds a little crazy, but I'm going to say it anyhow because I've been thinking about this for so long. Being a New Yorker, I know the crime here. I'm starting to have the feeling that these politicians don't care what happens because they really, the minorities are killing each other off. And maybe that's what they want. I don't know. But Wow. I, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think that. I think that, I think they think that they're going to look like they're good guys to, you know, some people who've committed crimes um, and, and them and their families and that, you know, they're, they're appealing to this, you know, social justice warrior uh, atmosphere. And I think, you know, if somebody is treated unfairly, they certainly deserve a fair shake. There's no question about that. Nobody should be, you know, ramrodded through the justice system. On the other hand, um, if you are accused of a serious crime and there's serious evidence against you, you know what? You should not be able to walk. When you heard that, I just heard that list, Anne. I mean, it's shocking. Second degree murder, um, you know, homicide, drug-induced homicide, and no cash bail. I mean, this is almost like it's like a scene out of a movie. It's almost it's that bad. And I I think they don't care about the repercussions. I don't think they want the repercussions you're talking about. But I think that they don't care about the repercussions. I think they just think like that they can use it as a political tool that they care about social justice. They're appealing to people that were protesting for those kind of rights. But guess what? Everybody wants to be safe at the end of the day. I think they're actually narrow casting. And I think there are so many people in this country that are just kind of had enough. You know, they are just so fed up with crime. It is so blatant and it's so pervasive that I think um, I think it's going to backfire on them. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about crime skyrocketing across the country. Also, we were talking earlier in the hour, too, about this case of rapper PNB Rock, who was shot and killed at a Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles in Los Angeles, good old Los Angeles, where crime is skyrocketing. And apparently the shooting happened just after 123, a popular rapper at the restaurant Uh, Police say the shooting was apparently committed during the course of a robbery and he was killed. So, I mean, this is amazing just how pervasive crime is and the frequency of it. Um, Other cases, too, that we know across New York, some horrible cases of a guy who's committing a robbery, knocked down an elderly woman. I mean, these stories we're hearing over and over again. It's like once in a while you'd hear like one or two stories. Now it's like, you know, it's like 10 or 12, you know, per day. Uh, of horrible, horrible stories all over the country. And what is the state of Illinois doing? Well, they want to get rid of cash bail so they can be more sympathetic for criminals. To me, it's outrageous. Uh, Let's go to Kevin on line four. Kevin, your thoughts about this? 
Hi, Rita. Um, I'm a lifelong Democrat. I voted Democrat my entire life. I'm a liberal. Um, and I'm listening to this, and it just amazes me how you guys aren't getting what's actually happening here. Okay, so so um, uh, so enlighten me, Kevin. In the justice system, you're innocent until proven guilty. Let me put a scenario out to you. A jury finds that um, someone was falsely accused of um, assault or uh, was falsely accused of murder. Evidence comes out, and the jury finds out that the person is actually innocent. But six months earlier, that person was too poor to afford to post bail. Oh, no, no. I have I, enough money. I, I get it. So now I they get, have a sit in jail. Kevin, I get Let it. Let me I make get this it. point real quick. Okay, yeah, but they hurry, but I get it. Go ahead. So six months earlier, they don't have the money to post bail. So that means, essentially, this innocent person is only sitting in jail because of their financial situation. And that's not fair. A wealthy person can post bail. And then they're fine. You know, they'll be able to wait trial. This innocent person can't post bail because they don't have the money. And six months later, the jury finds out they're not guilty. That means you shouldn't have to spend a single day in jail if you're innocent, no matter how much money you have. I know. And, and, and Kevin, I hear you on that. And I even said that, that I, you know, I want the justice system to be fair for everybody. On the other hand, what they have done with this Illinois law is basically saying we're not going to include dangerousness. We're not going to look at repeat offense. We're just going to look at the crime. And that includes second-degree murder, drug-induced homicide. Um, it would be nice to believe that every criminal, especially the repeat offender, who, and I don't, I'm not even looking at their pocketbook. I'm looking at the crime. If that repeat offender has done multiple crimes over and over again and then comes before somebody in the state of Illinois based on this new crime starting in January 1st, so it's a second-degree murder, which isn't like a a walk through the tulips, okay, or drug-induced homicide. That's not like a nice person. So that person suddenly, even if they have a rap sheet and the whole to-do, we're going to trust that that person can come back and is going to come back in six months or not commit another crime in the meantime if they got out scot-free without a single bit of punishment. I contend it should be more serious, especially if they can see that there's a pattern with a criminal. And that is not the case under this Illinois law. So you just think everybody should just be let out and then guess what? Have no like incentive as to why they should commit the crime or not commit the crime. And you're trusting that they're going to come back in the justice system. And most of them never do, Kevin. That's the reality. Or they come back after they've committed another crime. Go ahead, Kev. If they have, if they have a, um, I think that's a good compromise. If they have a past record, then that should be looked at. And it's not in here, Kev. Kev, Kev, it's not. That's the problem. This is a blanket. Guess what? If you didn't do it, if you, you know, if you, no matter what you did, you will be able to basically have no cash bail if it fits in this criteria. And these are serious crimes, Kevin. Like, if we can look into a crystal ball and see that this person was actually guilty, I agree with you. They should not get, they should not be let out because they don't have the money to post bail. The problem is, if you end up finding out that that person was innocent, and they it, then really they're only being penalized because of their financial situation. Because if they were wealthy, if they had enough money to post that bail, they would be let out. But I hear what you're saying when the person has a previous record that that needs to be looked at because that there's a pattern there and yeah, that person and, could be a danger to the community. And Kevin, you, Kevin, by the way, them. Kevin, by the yeah. way, you think, I mean, if somebody has a repeat, I say throw the book at them. 
Um, I, I want justice to be fair, so I hear what you're saying, but you have to give criminals some sort of sense that they cannot commit the crime and walk free. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. heard what I said, that if somebody, especially if they're a repeat offender or they're among the worst of the worst, throw the book at them. That's the only way that criminals are going to get the message. And I feel like the ultimate, of course, are those who are behind the 9-11 attacks. And there is word tonight that there are plea deals in the works for a number of key Folks who were tied to 9-11 and their names, such as basically the terrorist mastermind, self-described mastermind of the September 11 terror attacks, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and four other guys who are still sitting there at a detention center in Guantanamo Bay. And there is word that tonight that there may be some sort of a plea deal for them to plead guilty And then prosecutors would take the death penalty off the table and they would get health insurance and a whole bunch of other stuff. I say no negotiations with terrorists. I say zero negotiations. You know, to me, I think the people who died and so many people across America who were injured as a result of the 9-11 terrorist attacks and their family members. And after we just had the very somber 21st anniversary yesterday, I do not believe there should be any negotiating with terrorists. And coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to have here on the show Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer with the London Center. And I'm going to get his take on where he thinks we are on the war on terror right now uh, compared to where we were on 9-11 and what he thinks of this idea of some sort of negotiation deal with these guys uh, to take better care of them, take basically uh, the death penalty off the table um, I don't know what's taken them so long. If you look at the evidence against this Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, he was going around bragging, and there's so much evidence against this guy. Um, and if you're still in Guantanamo, I was down in Guantanamo. I actually went down there years ago and got a chance to look at the inmates, the detainees in the cells. And, uh, you know, you'd hear the stories of who they were, and especially Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. You know, it would take me about five minutes if I was on a jury. It'd be like, guilty, next. You know, I mean, this guy is like despicable and the worst of the worst. And the family members who endured the unimaginable on September 11 deserve to see justice for these guys. There should be no deals, nothing cut. And this comes as President Joe Biden yesterday was at the Pentagon and basically talked about how America is really on top of it. And and I kept thinking about Well, maybe you're not, Mr. President, the border. Maybe you're not with the way that you pulled out of Afghanistan. All of those things, you know, are just a disaster, leaving Americans behind, leaving a porous border. But this is what he had to say yesterday on a very somber 9-11 anniversary. Here's the president. No terrorist could touch the wellspring of American power. And it falls to us 
to keep it safe on behalf of all those we lost 21 years ago, on behalf of all those who have given their whole souls to the cause of this nation every day since. That's a job for all of us. It's not enough to gather and remember each September 11th, those we lost more than two decades ago, because on this day, it is not about the past, it's about the future. We have an obligation, a duty, a responsibility to defend, preserve, and protect our democracy, the very democracy that guarantees the rights of freedom that those terrorists on 9-11 sought to bury in the burning fire and smoke and ash. And that takes a commitment on the part of all of us. Yeah, including you, Mr. President, to secure the border. I mean, there are so many things. It sounds great, but is he doing it in practice? Do you feel weaker now under this president in terms of our national security? That's a really serious issue. And boy, it comes on the heels of skyrocketing crime also across this country. And we were talking about the case in Chicago where they are now in the state of Illinois, uh, a new state law eliminating cash bail for even people, second degree murder, even homicide, drug-induced homicide, kidnapping, uh, aggravated DUI, robbery, drug trafficking, or drug suspects, rather, but serious drug suspects, carjackings. It goes on and on and on. And think about that's not, you know, there are so many cities across this country that are just overwhelmed. And now you're going to make it easier, I think, especially as we were talking about from Kevin who called in earlier and said, oh, here's why it is. And I said, well, what about repeat offenders? Right now, they are not even looking at repeat offenders. If you've committed a crime, it doesn't really matter. If it falls under these categories, don't worry. Come back and report to court in a couple months, and God knows how many crimes you'll commit in the meantime. Well, this is what Leo Terrell on Fox News had to say earlier today about all of this. This is George Soros on steroids. I want everyone to understand what's going to happen on January 1st, 2023. The jails open up. No cash bail for second-degree murder, robbery, burglary. It's just going to be jails open. Criminals are going to have a field day in the state of Illinois. But what this tells you is what I said earlier. There's no Democrat in this country that believes in law and order. That, that speech Joe Biden gave a couple of weeks ago about funding the police, that is a red herring. There is just total chaos on the left as far as law and order. And there's, there's none whatsoever. Victims are in danger in Illinois, effective January 1st, 2023. And Raphael Manguel of the Manhattan Institute says that it is proven that when there is no repercussion, no cash bail, that crime will continue to skyrocket. Take a listen. There is something to the critique of the heavy reliance on cash bail that, that the left makes, right? This idea that dangerous but wealthy defendants get to buy their freedom while poor but you know, harmless defendants get stuck behind bars. And, and they say that, that this is, there's a stopgap insofar as dangerous people can be held, they can be denied bond. But as we've seen from the bail reform experiment in Chicago that's been undertaken over the last couple of years, judges cannot be relied on to pull that lever. There's so many cases out of that city of Chicago where dangerous people were released on I-bonds, on individual bonds where they didn't have to put up any cash, and they went out and they killed somebody or they shot somebody or they committed a carjacking. This is the problem that the left does not seem attuned to. And the fact that it passed with very little debate tells us that there is a real sense of fear 
uh, among people who may be uneasy about these kinds of reforms of actually opposing them for fear of being called racist. How sad is that? You're, you know, you're afraid of somebody calling you a name and yet you're going to put your state in like unbelievable jeopardy. And just as Raphael pointed out, Democrats in Illinois passed it very easily. And he says, guess what? They're probably going to continue to do it unless the public really expresses outrage and concern. Really what we haven't yet seen are reliable placement of consequences on Democratic uh, elected officials for pursuing these kinds of policies. I mean, yes, we had the isolated incident of Chesa Boudin being successfully recalled in San Francisco as DA, but George Gascon, who is his counterpart, I mean, they're basically identical in their policy orientations. He survived his recall. Yes, we saw the election of Eric Adams here in New York on an anti-crime platform, Mm -hmm. but we also saw the election of Alvin Bragg. Um, in Philadelphia, Larry Krasner, one of the most radical DAs in the country, sailed to re-election despite presiding over record homicide increases. So until Democrats feel like they're going to pay a political price, I suspect that they're going to continue to march down this road because this is what is at the heart of the social justice message. This is what they have been saying for the last 10 years needs to be done in order to be successful anti-racist allies. And for them to walk away from that message, I think, is a liability. Wow. So it's all about politics. And think about that. He says, unless the Democrats have political repercussions or voted out. I mean, I think when the whole thing happened with Chesa Boudin, that did sound a big message in San Francisco. But George Gascon just survived a recent recall. And that guy is like, you know, soft on crime city. 1-800-858-9222. Let's go to Wayne in Ontario. Uh, Wayne, your thoughts about all this? Uh, it's very, very de- depressing. Uh, I've been taking in a lot of information. I mean, I, st- I stand for what Curtis believes in. Talking about 9-11, I went into a store just the, uh, yesterday, and I noticed that the Paris Match book had everything about the Queen on it, nothing about 9-11. I have a friend of mine that we suffered on that day, uh, believe it or not, when we were in a textile company, and, we, and he said, you know what this means? means it's the end of our, our, our careers here in textiles. And that was at JEBCOR. They're uh, directly dealing with New York City at the time. He couldn't believe it. He was that stunned. He had to go home, and he, was, he couldn't even drive the car. I had to drive him home. And he, he phoned me just this last week, and he said, once again, I, I remind you about the fact that this changed our lives for the, for the worst. And now we have these characters, these Muppets that are in government concerning Biden, that bleeping bugger that shouldn't be, blood is on his hands everywhere, everywhere throughout the nation. A liar, a hypocrite. He talks about God. He knows nothing about God. He now, now, hey, now Wayne, you, you're in Ontario, right? You're, you're there. What do they think about, I mean, are they kind of like laughing at the, what's going on to America? I mean, I just think about how, less secure we are now than we were not that long ago. I'm outside of a Tim Hortons, and I've seen that this would be like the whole world turning to sport, everything glorified on the fields, but yet the killing fields are the actual danger for all of, all of America. And, and as well, we're going to be hit too. This is going to come right after the fact. No, I agree. And, By the way, Wayne, and I do agree because I think, sadly, it's going to cross into a lot of places. It's already crossing into so many places. And this attitude just opens the floodgate. Norm, real quick, uh, Norm, line two, real quick, Norm, your thoughts. I just say no cash bail. Very bad thing, Rita.
But, yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, you know, because I experienced this personally, uh, getting hit in the head by a street transient who was arrested for uh, simple assault and then freed the next day because of BC of DC's no cash bail. Uh. Uh, well, I well I spent the day in Howard University Hospital with a broken wrist and head trauma. Oh my so God! So the, yeah, what did you think of Kevin who called in the last hour? Because Kevin um, was saying, Kevin "Oh, things need is, to be fair." Yeah. Yes. Kevin is like most liberals who are who want no cash bail until they get hit in the head. And then they get a wake up call. And listen, let's pray that, exactly. uh, you know, sadly, um, you're right. They just see many people just seem so detached. And look, we'd all love to live in a world where justice is fair. And I think you should try to be as fair to everybody. But uh, it doesn't take, you know, a rocket scientist to see if somebody's committed crimes over and over again that they are clearly a menace to society and anything you can do to prevent him and others from committing crime uh, to make it less of an incentive. Uh, I say make, I, I would actually like increase bail. You know, I would do the opposite. You know, if I'm a judge, you know, you guys, if I was a judge and somebody came before me, I'd be like, okay, let's double this. Let's not do the minimum. Let's triple it and double it. I would make it so difficult for anybody to get out, especially if they were especially a repeat offender, where I think that there's a clear pattern there. Uh, Norm, thank you. And thank goodness uh, that you are okay, my friend. Thank you very, very much. When we come back, everybody, we're going to talk to Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer about what he thinks of this report, that there is a plea deal in the works for the mastermind of the 9-11 attacks and others. We'll take your calls about that, too. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And it was another somber anniversary of 9-11 yesterday, 21 years. And now... Despite we're hearing from the president that, oh, things are tough. We're going to be tough on terrorists. Remember the way he pulled out of Afghanistan. Remember the open border. There's a lot of issues there. Now there are reports that Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who was the self-described mastermind of the September 11th attack, and four other men who are accused of 9-11 related crimes that are sitting at the U.S. detention center there in Guantanamo, are potentially working on a plea deal that could allow them to escape the death penalty. Here's a little bit of Catherine Herridge, a great reporter there on CBS News, talking about what she has learned from her sources. Take a listen. CBS News has confirmed that military prosecutors and defense attorneys are negotiating potential plea deals that could take the death penalty off the table for the five defendants accused in the 9-11 attacks. And here is one of the defense attorneys for a 9-11 attacker talking about some of the elements of the deal. He's willing to plead guilty to a substantial sentence at Guantanamo in exchange for a guarantee of medical care and dropping the death penalty. So should there be any deal for the terrorists, especially the mastermind of the 9-11 attacks? I don't think so. Uh, let's bring in Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, head of the London Center for Policy Research. Uh, Tony, what's your reaction to this? Well, Rita, this is something that's been going on literally uh, for almost 20 years. Uh, 
Um, many of these guys were wrapped up and captured in the early days of the war, and obviously they've been sitting in Gitmo with no resolution. And uh, full disclosure, I've had contact with their team. I've actually met with these guys. Uh, I don't know if the public understands that the uh, his team actually works with the op- for, for and is under the Office of Secretary of Defense. So uh, this team has been actually looking for any number of options. And, and you know, they're doing what lawyers do. Uh, you know, I don't blame them, but they are doing what lawyers do to try to find the best outcome for their client. Now, you and I would agree the best outcome is probably not something uh, it's all too pleasant to think about. I'm not one who believes that uh, they should be treated any differently than we would uh, treat anyone who was a mass murderer of thousands of people. And in this case, KLM, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, is seeking uh, for a essentially uh, a, uh, a light sentence compared with the, the, what he's asking for right now. And I, I think that's, that's where we're at at this point. Do you think there'll be any movement on this? I mean, or do you, where do you see this going, Tony? Well, I was one, when I interviewed and talked to them about some of the issues, I did believe based on uh, my own background regarding the 9-11 attacks and able danger, that there should be, indeed be hearings and a trial on this. I, I, I am all for due process. Yeah, it's like, and what's I taken think, so long, you know? Yeah, I, well, part of this has been, believe it or not, the liberal left behind the scenes trying to essentially get these guys off. Uh, there's a former colonel prosecutor, I won't mention his name, he's on Twitter, uh, always out there trying to essentially uh apologize for and it, it, it was because of him and others who were essentially liberal lawyers in uniform who have really kind of uh, prevented the wheels of justice from moving forward for decades i mean literally that's amazing so, uh, oh well it's it's look uh, rita you and i have talked about this before there's any number of folks who i would consider loyal to the democrat party and the liberal cause more than the, their oath of office in our constitution and i think the number of these these guys we're able to get into the system and get down early. So you've seen delay after delay after delay. And heck, we've seen other folks, uh, Taliban in particular, who were involved in killing U.S. servicemen who are back in, in Afghanistan after being released by Barack Obama. Right. So, um, that was outrageous, too. Have, uh, yes. And we've talked about that a lot, too. So at this point, yeah, I see Biden. I think uh, these lawyers see the best opportunity they're going to get with a weak need uh, a secretary of defense like Lloyd Austin and a very weak need and one would argue almost incompetent uh, 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 White House under Joe Biden. So I think this is they're thinking this is their best shot to get their client off. Yeah. And and I don't blame them for trying. Just as you said, they're seeing the moment. Um, We have about a minute, about a minute, minute and a half left. Tony, your thoughts about where we are in the war on terror under this president. Are we, you know, a, a number of folks feel that we are not safe, that we are in more great, I guess, greater danger than we even were 9-11 prior, prior to 9-11? Well, no, look, look at what he did in Afghanistan with the withdrawal. He left on the ground the fourth largest army. Uh, the Taliban uh, is better equipped than ever. We saw through Zawahiri showing up in Kabul uh, that al-Qaeda leadership thinks that they can operate there. They can. So I I think uh, I agree with a number of senior officers I've seen make comments in the media that we are uh, in many ways worse off. And I've talked to intelligence community members all the time. Rita, uh, let me tell you something. The intelligence community is broken. It's broken because you have political leaders 
who, uh, like Lois Lerner, are, are, are more loyal to a, a party and a concept than they are to the Constitution. So I think, unfortunately, we have learned virtually no lessons from 9-11, and we are in danger of having something else gravely uh, horrific happen to us and, and the American people. Wow, that is really scary stuff. Um, Tony Schaefer, it is always so great to have you here on the show. We always value your great perspective, uh, the head of the London Center for Policy Research. Thank you, Tony, for joining us. Always thank you. Thank you so much, and we appreciate your insight so much. You just heard from Tony that he feels that we are in greater danger given all the dynamics right now and the way we pulled out of Afghanistan, the fact that now the bad guy's there, and that's what Khalid Sheikh Mohammed's friends are. They're better equipped. We left $80-plus billion worth of equipment. Are we more vulnerable than we were even before 9-11? This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor the great military and their families, a powerful story coming from Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I've been to Fort Bragg. I actually jumped out of a plane. I did a tandem jump uh, with the Golden Knights right next door to Fort Bragg and then spent time and did a live fire exercise there. That was wild. But, boy, it is a great, great base. And service members and first responders from Fort Bragg and the surrounding Fayetteville, North Carolina communities gather to honor and remember the lives of nearly 3,000 victims during the annual 9-11 Remembrance Ceremony at the Fort Bragg Main Post Chapel on September 11th yesterday uh, on the anniversary, the 21st anniversary. City officials, police officers, first responders, and veterans from around the greater Fayetteville area joined Fort Bragg-based military members to honor and remember the lives lost during the terrorist attacks on our nation and honored the service and sacrifice of all military members in response to those attacks during military campaigns in Iraq and Afghanistan. The ceremony featured a firing party, also a wreath-laying ceremony and performances by the 82nd Airborne Division Band and also Chorus. And one of the speakers said, when we consider the price of 9-11, we must acknowledge the 6,800 service members who have passed away in Iraq and Afghanistan. And so many of those were from the Fort Bragg community. Wow, what an enormous sacrifice for our freedom. And how beautiful that they were honored at this ceremony yesterday. Well, everybody... I am proudly supporting the Tunnels to Towers 5K walk run in New York City again this year. Uh, The Tunnels to Towers is such an amazing organization. And, of course, uh, firefighter Stephen Siller, uh, you think about his final moments rushing towards the Twin Towers. Of course, he died. And his brother, Frank Siller, created the Tunnels to Towers Foundation to honor him and many other heroes across this country, many of them getting special services, uh, getting homes. I mean, there's so many great things that the Tunnels to Towers Foundation does. And it's simple to support my team this year in the Tunnels to Towers 5K walk run. It's taking place on September 25th, and I need your help. Here's what you have to do. Go to walk.org. RitaCosbyOnline.com. Please take a look at walk.RitaCosbyOnline.com and donate to my team. 
I am trying to raise the most money here on the Red Apple Audio Network. And I want to thank everybody for your support and supporting our great heroes through the Tunnels to Towers Foundation. All the proceeds go to them. And it is an incredible organization. It's one of the largest, by the way, 5K walk runs in New York City and really around the country. And again, for such an incredible, noble mission. So go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com, walk.ritacosbyonline.com, and be sure to donate today. It is such an incredible, incredible mission. Well, we are talking now about the issue of 9-11 and the fact that there's word that they may be cutting a deal with some of the 9-11 terrorist defendants. And this includes the mastermind of the entire thing, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. I mean, this to me is astounding. This guy is one of the worst of the worst. He is the self-described mastermind behind the 9-11 attack. And now his attorney is trying to cut a deal because he's been sitting there in Guantanamo Bay. And I say, sit there and rot the rest of your life. There should be no deals with any of these horrible individuals who played serious roles, especially in the 9-11 attacks. You've got Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, again, who is basically the leader, the ringleader behind this all. And this is a well-known guy, a well-known terrorist. There should be no deals. This guy should literally spend the rest of his life at Guantanamo, or he could face the death penalty. So... He's trying to cut a deal in others to basically get increased health care, better food, better facilities. You know what? Then don't be a part of terrorist attacks against the United States. And as we were just talking about, there are a number of people who've been trying to be sympathetic almost to these folks who are accused of these terrible crimes and even clearly played a role, many of them, in this terrible crime, the worst attack on American soil. You know, and when you sit there, there should be no deal. These people deserve to have the book thrown at them. And the fact that there's even talk of negotiating with these people and the fact that I can't believe it's been 21 years since September 11th. And these guys are still fighting it through the judicial system. If that doesn't show how crazy American justice is and how we bend over backwards and often way too far for people like this, uh, this exemplifies it to a T. And you've got Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who is the mastermind of the 9-11 attack, and he is able to, like, have his attorney maneuver and delay trials and try to work on better conditions in Guantanamo. Are you kidding me? I was down in Guantanamo, and I actually saw this the facilities there. I went down, I think it was either 2004 or 2005, but I went down there and I saw the facilities. They weren't that bad. Uh, they were actually a bit nicer than a lot of other prisons that I've seen by far around the world. And these guys are complaining about wanting better, what, health care? What, they want a 401k too? Is that what's next? I say throw the book at these people. There should be no deals with these guys. And let's hurry up and get these hearings over with. Let's get the trial over with. What are we waiting for? How could we allow them to play the system so much that 21 years later, the mastermind of the 9-11 attack is able to, like, delay and obfuscate and try to, like, set demands on the system? I'm sorry. If you played a role in the 9-11 attacks, throw the book at you. You should either rot the rest of your life in Guantanamo, or you should face the death penalty. 
because think about the destruction and damage that you did to all of those lives across America and across the world. It's outrageous. And the fact that there's even discussions for a plea deal so they could get health care and nicer facilities. What, you know, do they want what a, uh, a waiter to serve them with a, with a napkin over their arm or something like that for lunch and dinner? Give me a break. This is insanity. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Benjamin on line one. Benjamin, your thoughts about all this. Okay. Uh, When it comes to the death penalty, I'm opposed in principle, and I would... We lost you, you, Benjamin. Why are you opposed to it? Uh, Well, it's just a a barbaric act of murder, killing somebody who's totally helpless by the state. Okay, hang on a second. Benjamin, Benjamin, and and I'm not, I'm just going to say to you, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed is the self-described, and that's his own words, the mastermind of the 9-11 attacks. There is so much evidence against this guy. Do you think yeah, that, yeah, do, I, I do, do you think I he agree. had any but mercy no, for the people in the Twin Towers, Benjamin? Do you think that they had not. a chance? He's, okay, he's a monster, okay? He's a monster. But let me bring up something that you would expect. Abortion, okay? Why are people opposed to abortion but not opposed to death penalty? And let me bring up another surprising association. Did you know? that the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops is opposed to both abortion and the death penalty. They are consistent, okay, in terms of the sanctity of life and being against taking human life. Well, and and Benjamin, Benjamin, that's, and and Benjamin, hold on a second. That is consistent, by the way, um, because the Catholic Church typically um, always says that, you know, um, the Pope always says that, you know, the leader of the Catholic Church always says that, that they are for, you know, for, um, you know, forgiveness and for all the. I contend that somebody who is as heinous and as horrible as a Khalid Sheikh Mohammed should have no, you know, there, there are some people that are so horrible and so vile. And this is clearly a guy that if he ever saw the light of day, Benjamin, he would do it again. He's even said it. He's had he's had no remorse, no regret. And you think those people, anybody tied to 9-11, those people in the Twin Towers or in the Pentagon, you know, do you think they had any, uh, you know, uh, you know, any, you know, any uh, uh, any slack was cut by them by the terrorists? I don't think so. You know, I, I mean, it's a nice thing to sit and say that. Uh, but it's people like you that have basically caused delays for this guy. You know, I mean, that's why this guy, 21 years later, he's able to finagle the American justice system. There's something wrong with that, Benjamin. Okay, that's another issue. But I agree with you that this guy shouldn't see the light of day. And I think that there are many other criminals that we are uh, familiar with that deserve to be locked up, that roam the streets right now, and this is very, very upsetting. Okay? Well, and, and also, Benjamin, by the way, I would also, I'd actually make sure if he were to spend the rest of his life behind bars, and I'm not sure he deserves that. I think he deserves, uh, if he was to be that, 
I would say put them in a rock quarry, you know, and have them work in a rock quarry with, uh, you know, with a, with a spoon and try to dig out the rock quarry for like, you know, for the next 10 years and maybe no food and water on hot days. That's the way that I think he deserves. That's the nicest thing because some, the fact that he's complaining about his health care, what he didn't, what his 401k, but he didn't have the appropriate deductible for dental insurance down there. You know what made me sick? Uh, Benjamin and I went down there. I went down to Guantanamo and I'll never forget when I went down there and I was like curious because there were so many reports of, oh God, they're being treated terrible because that was the word from the terrorists, right? Remember? And I went down there. They had like an amazing dental facility that would like rival, you know, that that I'm sure was better, by the way, than any dental facility in the, in the foothills of Afghanistan, Benjamin. And guess who's paying for that? American taxpayers. Do you want your taxpayer dollars to make sure that uh, they're checking for uh, fillers and molars on uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed? Benjamin, I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Of course, I'm I'm totally opposed. And I, I'm on to bring up another case, okay? A white collar case, okay? This guy didn't kill anybody. He ripped off Medicare for 1.3 billion, okay? He holds the world record for uh, scamming Medicare. Oh, it's it's outrageous, that's horrible too. Okay, you know where he is now? He's completely free because he was pardoned by your friend, Donald Trump. His name is Philip Esformis. Okay. Well, I well, by the way, well, by the way, Benjamin, I'll take a look at that because if that's the case, you know, and if the guy was guilty, I don't like that either. You know, but there but there are a lot of people who have been pardoned through the years by various presidents uh, that seem to walk free. I will contend that it's pretty hard to compare somebody. I don't like somebody scamming Medicare if indeed this guy did do that. Um, I don't like that idea, obviously, whatsoever. But. It's a little hard to compare him to uh, the mastermind of the 9-11 attacks. I mean, I think that the Khalid Sheikh Mohammed is in a league of his own. Uh, but I appreciate the call, Benjamin. Thank you very much. Let's go to Stan. Line four, Stan, your thoughts. You know me. I'm a liberal. You know me. But when it comes to this, my thinking is this. They're negotiating with this idiot. Because maybe they think he could provide, at this stage, after 20 years, he could provide, maybe he knows any more terrorist cells that are in the United States. Or additional uh, situations, there are people here who might be a danger to the United States. Maybe that's, we don't know if that's going on. But as far as I'm concerned, I would have given him, uh, what's the stuff they gave Hitler to swallow? Yeah, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, cy- you know the, the cyanide or whatever. Yeah, right, right, right. Cyanide yeah. And I'd end it quick, or I'd put them up against the wall and whatever without knowing, you know, and that would be the end. But it's possible that's what they're doing. I'm not saying I want this guy to fry like who you do, but maybe they're still trying, you know, can we get any information from this rat? Can he provide cells? After 20 years, if he hasn't done it, I don't think he will. But maybe that's what's going on, and we still don't know it. If he provides something, that's a good thing. That's but, an uh, interesting point, by the yeah, way. If he provides that's real, yes. that's true and real, and we can get them, then maybe we could say we'll get you new teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Then we'll give you but a gold. Other than that, then we'll give you a gold filling. <laughs> right. He has to come up with something solid, and then 
we'll say to him, okay, you know, uh, I thought it was the guy. That, remember the guy that it, was? Is this the guy that was blind? Or was that the one? No, that was the blind shake. Literally, right, I know right, who you okay, mean. That's a different one. one. But yep. this guy, this guy is absolutely the worst of the worst. Um, and I, that's an interesting point, Stan. If he gave up something. Um, that could actually turn out to be something interesting. I'd maybe say, okay, well, then we're going to let you rot in Guantanamo and give you life because I don't want to ever see this guy out again. Um, but it would have to be something so substantial that it could arrest a whole bunch of others. The problem is these guys are fanatics, and I don't see him. He's, he's like, proud that he was the mastermind behind the 9-11 attack from all accounts. So the, I don't see him turning on anybody else. I see him, you know, you know. Going to his grave. That's the way these guys operate. But Stan, thank you very much. Let's go to Bob. Uh, line one. Bob, your thoughts. Yeah, hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What do you think, Bob? All right. Well, um, I just buried my twin maybe two or three weeks ago from 9-11 related cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. Responder. Oh, my goodness. Where, where was where was your um, where was your brother? Yes, my where, twin. Where was your brother? Where was he? Um, what uh, department was he working in? So he was a volunteer firefighter, and he also uh, was running a Red Cross rig to all the points all around New York, um, you know, in all the boroughs. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, uh, my thoughts, first of all, my thoughts died. and prayers are with you and your family. Wow. What a hero you had in Thank your family. You very much. But, um, yeah, I, I'm a believer in the plea deal. Why don't we get a bunch of guys together and we'll all take some billy clubs with us and we'll go on in and uh, give them a little rough justice. Yeah, you know what? I'm telling you, you think about, you know, Bob, and I'm sure you, you know, rightfully feel unbelievable anger um, given what happened with your brother. And, um, you know, I, um, I had a friend of mine, and I've talked about this, Barbara Olson, who was on the plane that slammed into the Pentagon. And um, she was on, you know, the plane calling and calling her husband. And he was saying, you know, your plane's being hijacked. And, of course, we know that plane slammed into the Pentagon. Um, And so, yeah, I think, you know, I think of her and I'm thinking of your brother right now. um, And I don't believe there should be any mercy for these kind of guys. And that's why when I see these people are saying, oh, we're not being nice to them down there. And the fact that it's taken 21 years uh, for the mastermind of the 9-11 attacks. Aren't you shocked that they're still, like, he hasn't, his trial hasn't even, like, come to being? I mean, this is amazing. Yeah, I'm not shocked. <laughs> yeah, and why aren't you? Do I? Why? Why? I, I am. Because, you know what, because it, if there's ever, you know, I think about the, if there's ever a, a, a symbol of injustice, it's what happened on 9-11 to America and what happened to your precious twin what, twin brother and so many lives that day, um, you know, the, the damage from that day that obviously continued. Um, and I just I, I there's such outrage. It's so disgusting. And to cut any deals or to give any slack and especially when, you know, I mean, these guys who are there, these are like the worst of the worst because they got rid of the ones that were like semi bad. Remember, <laughs> but they kind of right. kept the really, really bad ones down there. And this guy is literally the was sort of the right hand guy to bin Laden and really the one who they believe was really the one charting the operation and everything. And the fact that there's no gray, you know, they they know they got him and he's there and yet. They're still allowing him to, like, finagle the justice system. Uh, what's your message, Bob? 
my message is that we can't forget anything about this and we've got to keep on moving forward. And um, not only that, but just remember that your tax dollars are at work with every appeal. And that's why this thing is dragging out forever and ever and ever. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a massive disgrace. Yeah. That's just all there is to it. No, I agree with and you. I agree. I go back to Washington where he came from, where my brother came from, uh, you know, where he actually fought for the Zadroga bill, I'm going to do it Good to for get you. it refunded. Good for you. Good for you. Will you let us know if there's anything we can do to help? Because uh, people like your brother and so many others um, who experienced those things, um, first of all, they deserve and the families deserve uh, whatever they can do, our love and support. So so thank you, Bob. And I don't even know how to say thank you. Uh, is, is so It's not enough for your brother's service to our country, and we're grateful to have heroes like him among us. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bob. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Well, you just heard from Bob, who buried his twin brother from 9-11 related illnesses just recently. And of course, our thoughts and prayers are with him and all the families of the heroes who tried to protect all of us on 9-11 and the aftermath after 9-11. Um, you know, the, just think of the lasting effects and the courage of people like Bob's brother uh, helping uh, America and helping so many people that day. And now the fact that Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the mastermind of the 9-11 attack, is trying to negotiate a plea deal. Uh, this is the self-described braggart of the 9-11 attacks. Believe me, I would love to have five minutes in the room with that guy. <laughs> My bet's on me. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Larry. Line six. Larry, your thoughts. So, so, Rita, you keep putting me last when nobody's listening because you can't handle the truth. Is that is that is that the reason? No, I love you, Larry. I saved the best for last. So go ahead. Well, you're, you're engaging in a false in a false discussion that's out of historical perspective. Like you don't know anything about what occurred in the last twenty years. Okay? Actually, that's I do. Barack, I do. But go ahead, Barack Larry. Obama, that Barack Obama put this in. Try to put this in the in the uh, in the civil courts. I mean, in, in the. Uh, in the criminal court. Absolutely. When, yep. When, Absolutely. When, when this was supposed to be tried by a military tribunal, okay, it was all for, for, uh, for eight years. This was getting, Tony Schaefer said it was Democratic operatives. There was no Democratic operatives. This was Barack Obama trying to try a military tribunal case. Wham, bam, that's it. Justice, military justice. It's over. They would have been they would have been skeletons in the ground by now. It's all Obama. He didn't want these people executed because they're Muslims. Face the truth, Rita. Wow, Larry is passionate. But you're right about Obama. Didn't want them executed. He was trying to play soft on them. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 